When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everyone and welcome back to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra free show that we do at the tail end of the week just to give you some of your updates regarding all things Rangers. I am Cammy Bell, your host as always. And uh, joining me this week uh, might be in a slightly fragile state, so I'll need to give him a little bit of space. Uh, but the ever lovely, ever wonderful Mr James Tessie. Tess, how are you mate? Are you struggling? I want to say that I'm fine, but I'm not. Um, me, me and my father celebrated last night's victory with several bottles of um, high-quality whiskey, but it, it's all good in the end, mate. As, as I said to you previously, if Rangers hadn't have won so convincingly, wouldn't have got so pissed, so it's all good. Yeah, fair play to you, fair play to you. There's probably many a, many a person listening to this jealous of the fact that they maybe could have had a wee imbibe last night if maybe they were at work this morning and it got in the way. Uh, so, yeah, we are here to, to talk about uh, the, the the Rangers and the group winners, uh, Rangers Football Club, um, where we finished top of the Europa League uh, groupings last night uh, following a 2-0 win across in Poland to Lech Poznan. Tess, um, I'm keen to kind of get your, your take on this because through various other pods as we've been doing the build-up to last night's game, I've been asking people about their opinions in terms of uh, how we were going to approach it. Now, we knew that forgetting the other game in terms of uh, how it could have factored for us between Benfica and Standard Liège uh, and we could have finished top without really needing the result last night. Um, I was keen to get people's thoughts uh, on... Where not we where to rotate the squad, how we were going to do it, and he made seven changes for this test. So quite clearly, there was an element to this where we thought we can still go out to do a job, but we also want to give some of the key players who have played so many minutes for us a rest. First of all, a pat on the back for myself because I, I did predict tuning on the update yesterday. Um, I didn't expect him to make that many changes. I, I, I was confident that whoever he did bring in, due to the depth. The, the strength and depth that we, we now have in the squad. I was confident whoever came in would do the business for us. I was very surprised that Patterson side had Tav, not not because he's not good enough, but because you know they, they are very very big shoes to fill at the moment. Um, and putting a young lad in ahead of the best player in Scotland in a European away match is a very big call. But Gerard trusted him to do the business, and you know he, he went out there and did it, didn't he? So we went out there yesterday. It was a from a couple of chances that Poznan had, which you expected in the match, it was absolute dominance and control. You know, the, the, the players that he brought in, not none of them let us down. 
the substitutions that he made were, were, were timed very well. It was very good to see Itton and Hadji get goals because I think out of all the players in that squad, those are the two who needed it for the confidence. I, I, I thought it was a, a competent and assured performance. And, you know, th- this th- this Rangers team in Europe now, I, I don't think any of us have seen anything like it. I think, indeed, it's the, the only time a Scottish team have topped their qualifying group since us in 92-93. So I think that tells a story all of its own. Yeah, we, we, we've got some big records which I've kind of put in there as well. Um for, from a selfish perspective, only purely on Rangers, we have now beaten our um, mid-twenties uh, winning run campaign, which was uh, now moving into 26 games. Uh, you are completely correct. No Scottish team has ever topped the group with as many points, 14, as we ended up on. Uh, some huge, huge accolades within there as well, Tess, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, where we, um, we've we got that opportunity to be able to talk about the European brand, the Rangers. Now, earlier on, uh, we will come back to, to last night's kind of details and stuff, but earlier on uh, this morning, I spoke to uh, Patrick Zika, who is one of our uh, friends who was across in Poland last night, and he actually attended the game, and he uh, was able to give us a little bit of a kind of update from where um, he was watching the game from, uh, behind closed doors, obviously, within the Poznan Stadium, but also some of the expectations the Poznan fans had when the draw was made earlier on in the season. Uh, let's jump over to Patrick just now. And so joining me now um, is our, our European correspondent, and uh, that's uh, our friend Patrick Zyke. Patrick, how are you? Uh, I understand that um, you were able to attend the game last night. Uh, how did you enjoy that? You know... It was a very interesting game. It was, uh, you know, Rangers uh, were already qualified to the to the next stage. However, uh, we didn't know if it will be the first stop or the second place. So still, it was interesting game to watch, and you know, Rangers won two 0 and it was well deserved win. You know, the beginning of the game was a little sluggish, I think, from Rangers, uh, also from both sides. However, over the course of whole 90 minutes of the game, it was well-deserved win and, uh, you know, another strong performance in Europe. And, and Patrick, you were in the stadium last night. How was the, how was the atmosphere at the away ground for, for Rangers, obviously? Uh, I, I, we've, we've got David Edgar, who's been attending our games behind closed doors, but a very strange atmosphere. Exactly, exactly. It was very the strange experience. It was the first time for me when I was able to watch such important game, European game uh, with empty stands. Uh, to be honest, it was the first game I watched uh, on professional level without fans. So it was like training game in some in some fields. However, you know, it was very side because I was able to hear almost every comment on, on the pitch so it was quite exciting and you know from the Rangers perspective I think the beginning of the game was quite difficult because the weather was cold it was I would say min- minus two degrees of Celsius so it's a little bit colder than in Scotland and it was uh, high humidity I would say 80% of humidity, so very difficult weather to play against a difficult team like Lech Poznan. 
And um, Poznan haven't been doing fantastically domestically this season, Patrick, but we know that the game for them last night really was just to have a little bit of pride, I think, in terms of uh, their performance. And I think that they, they came out and started quite well. They, they weren't there just to make up the numbers. They wanted to be able to put in a good performance and finish the group off as best they could. You know, the problem of Lech Poznan is their short bench, I would say. They have few quality players. However, I would say they are, they are already tired of the season because uh, they started season early in July. Uh, so we are in December, so five, six months of playing. Uh, it was a short period between last season, a short period of break between last season and beginning of this season. So it was a long campaign for them in the qualifying to the European football. And I think they are they feel exploited right now. And you know, yesterday they they wanted to play good football. However, it was visible with the naked eye that they lack of experience, they lack of quality, and you know, the fringe players uh, didn't influence much in terms of their performance. And do you think then that being able to to have the benefit of seeing the whole game because obviously if you watch it on television you're only focused on where the camera is but do you think that that was maybe showing across the Poznan team last night that they maybe just looked a little tired a little sluggish throughout the team as you saw it? Exactly I, I thought the same watching the game from the stands uh, you know for them it was uh, very great experience to play six uh, games uh, against top group, uh, against top teams in Europe. Um, you know, in Poland, after draw uh, in September, uh, there were comments by press or local supporters of Lech Poznań that with the, a little bit of luck, uh, second place in the group would be possible. Uh, probably behind the uh, backs of Benfica. Uh, that's, they said that Standard is within a reach, Rangers is within a reach, uh, out of the reach is Benfica. The reality was different. Uh, so, you know, it was also a good experience for leg supporters that uh, nothing can be taken uh, by granted. Uh, there is a lot of work to do in front of Lech Poznań, so great experience for for the for the team, for the young players, and they will learn something from this experience. I would, I think. And do you feel? Because one of the things that we've spoken a lot around on Heart and Hand is that the manager has had such a great development and a great progression uh, within the European um, sphere. Do you feel that the, the Lech players and, and maybe people in Poland who saw the draw in September and then thought, yeah, Rangers should be should be achievable, should be able to beat them. And do, do you feel they think differently now having played us? Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, many of my friends uh, didn't know much about Rangers before the draw. And, you know, we mm, led some discussions after the draw and they said, 
I know Rangers is a top team in Scotland and uh, they are more experienced. However, Lech Poznań uh, is a still a good team. And you know, Lech Poznań uh, played in Europe uh, it's, uh, five years ago in the group stage and it wasn't good uh, campaign for them. And uh, they played 10 years ago in a group stage of European League and they played against Juventus, they played against Manchester City and they played against Salzburg and they were second in the group and they make it through to play in the playoff round with Braga. So I think that the, that experience from 10 years from now, um, that uh, past experience, uh, made some believing the replay of this, the, of this progression, of this progression from the group uh, would be possible once again. And uh, if we are talking about Rangers, they, they didn't match, they didn't know much. And, you know, they do it, they did know that Steven Gerrard is a manager because Steven Gerrard is a very fam famous person in football. So they, they did know that they are experienced team. They played against Le Leverkusen uh, in last season. Mm, they were against. Uh, uh, they were uh, in the second place in the Scottish League, etc. However, after these two games, they know much, much uh, more information about Rangers. And before the first game uh, in Ibrox uh, at Ibrox. Uh, well, it was in October, I would say. Uh, I led some conversation and exchanged some words with my colleagues and friends, and uh, they were a little bit of unsecured um, in, in terms of Ibrox game. However, they said, uh, you know, we can make a um, good positive, good result, like a draw. Uh, at Ibrox, and uh, we'll come back to Poland in the last in the last fixture in, in December, and uh, we can try to beat, beat Rangers and get four points from this clash. So the reality was uh, much different. I think that in two games against uh, Lech Poznań, Rangers was, were Rangers were much better team. Uh, in both games, I think they looked like better team and I would say they outplayed Lech Poznań, especially uh, in the second half of the second game yesterday. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I absolutely think that's fair. But I, I do think that Poznań um, did pose a lot of threat uh, at times and, you know, they could have taken the lead uh, last night, uh, early doors, about uh, 15 minutes in. And, yeah. you know, it would have been it would have been a much different game. But, yeah, certainly it's been good for that. Um, and, and Patrick, you were saying that just before uh, we came on air, um, that that Leverkusen game at Ibrox, you were you were actually at that game. Yeah, it was my first Ibrox game, uh, and for now the last one. I hope to come back uh, to Ibrox. You know, it was a very great experience for me to to watch European football at Ibrox. Uh, uh, back into the Leverkusen game, I would say defeat uh, one to three. Wasn't uh, was not far enough uh, for for Rangers. I, I think the draw would be uh, very much much uh, fair result. And 
it was a great experience. It was uh, the last time that full house was visible at Ibrox, so I'm missing this view. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, we'll make a promise that um, when we're able to get back into games and when we, you can come back over for a European night, we'll make sure that we get you a ticket so you get to come in and see a Rangers win on our European night because it's it's very magical and there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Brussels uh, on February permanently, so I would have a chance to, to make more trips to Scotland because it will be closer, much closer. Uh, so I will definitely come back, not only for European football, but, uh, but also for domestic football. Brilliant. Well, we'll look forward to having you back over. Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. Thanks very much. Thank you, Patrick. That was great to speak to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Bye bye. So, Tess, uh, you're hearing from Patrick there, who was uh, at the game last night, the, the lucky devil. Uh, been able to watch it behind closed doors and something I think that was really interesting there is he, as he was talking about the game and he was obviously seeing the shouts we've heard the same from, from our very own David Edgar uh, when he's been able to attend matches behind closed doors this season as well but one thing which I think was really interesting to hear there was when the draw was made back in September the Poznan fans were very much of the opinion that they, they likely weren't going to get anything uh, in the games versus Benfica but they felt that they would be able to beat ourselves in standard Liège um, but now, having went through all of the games and process and stuff, they've realised that actually Rangers are a far better team than they first expected. We've obviously beat them home and away uh, pretty comfortably, to my mind, especially last night, where I think Poznan were really just playing for a bit of pride. But interesting to see from someone else's perspective that although Steven Gerrard does carry a lot of weight as a you know a figure across across football, also the fact that they are now understanding what Rangers bring to the table and especially from a European campaign I think Tess there'll be a lot of teams who will not want to draw us out the pot on Monday afternoon We are changing people's perceptions mate including our own um, if you look at the three seasons worth of European football under Gerrard including the qualifiers obviously our record is absolutely fantastic now you know as, as, as Rangers fans one of the things that has always disappointed me over the years is in my opinion we've massively underachieved in Europe obviously not 1972 the, the European uh, Cup Winners Cup was a fantastic achievement but that's our only European trophy you know we, we've got four runners-up medals as well as that but we should be doing so much better I think that the um, the form in Europe that we're showing now is befitting a team of our size so it's understandable, whereas before teams would look at Rangers, <coughs> excuse me, look at Rangers and not really look at it with that much trepidation. But now, based on the last three years' worth of evidence, nobody wants to draw us, mate. You know, we, we are... Um, the, the way we set up in Europe isn't that different to how we set up domestically, but it's about dominance and control. You know, the, the, we, we let the opposition come to us, but then we, we turn on the press, they can't cope with it. You know, we are perfectly suited to European football. I fully expect us to qualify from the next round because obviously we're seeded. And hopefully in future, if we draw the likes of Alec Poznan, they're going to look at Rangers and think, no, we don't want to be going there. Yeah, and listen, that's that's where I think it's really interesting to see as to how we've grown. And we can sit here and we could go, you know, we watch the team week in, week out. We can see that this, this style of play that we've now got 
uh, which is producing so many great results for us, hasn't happened overnight. We've taken a better in period to be able to get here as well. And one thing, Tess, I do want to kind of come back to as well, as we, we mentioned um, very briefly previously, um, it feels as if there's a fluidity to it and that will not be hampered by the rotation of players. And we did make those changes as we talked about. One of the... or. or a couple of the, the big not, uh, um, noticeable changes was Nathan Patterson coming in for James Tavernier and John McLaughlin coming in for Al McGregor. Now, John McLaughlin, I think for me, has, is arguably one of our best signings of the transfer window because we don't have any fears whatsoever when he's in goals. He has contributed to the numerous amounts of, of clean sheets that we've had. A great opportunity, I think, last night for Nathan Patterson. Now, Nathan Patterson is not going to replace James Tavernier in the squad. And the reason is the way, or in the, in the starting position. And the reason for that is because I don't think there is a right back in the UK who could do that right now. So it's it's big shoes to fill, obviously. But Patterson doesn't have to do that. He knows, and I think we saw this last night in the kind of opening periods of the game, he needs to settle into, he needs to be able to, to find his feet within that. So he doesn't have to reach, you know, superstardom to be able to try and get there. But I thought he had a really competent display last night. I think he settled into it. Maybe a bit jittery at the start, but I think he looks good. And straight away, when you look at that lineup, Tess, you're not worried. You're not taking a, oh shit, he's missing, therefore this will be a problem. You're thinking to yourself, it's great that he gets the opportunity, Patterson in particular, to come out and, uh, you know, again, experience that European stage, uh, but obviously to get um, some time in the first team as well. Again, the only surprise for me in the start 11 last night was the inclusion of Patterson. Now, um, I wasn't worried about him starting because he's not good enough, because clearly he is a very competent player. It's just that stepping into Tav's shoes, the way he's been performing this season, is a very difficult task, especially in the open away game. But he came in, he did the business. Uh, I think it was Gary Neville who said that if you can't bring in a player from your uh, youth team to play at fullback, then you, you, your academy ain't working. So, perhaps to prove that our academy is working. It, it was an excellent performance. Um, I think he'll take a great deal of heart from it. Like, like you rightly say, he's not going to replace Tav, but you know, without exaggerating, I can't think of a right-back in the UK who can at the moment because Tav is that good this season. But it, it's very good to know that should anything happen to Tav, that we've got a more than competent replacement waiting in the wings. And um, and I think, and I do want to mention this because I'll come on to the goal scorers in just a second, but I do also want to mention huge shout-outs for Glenn Kamara, Joe Aribo, uh, you know, the guys, the midfield last night. Yes, there was a bit of kind of interchanging and the, the front three very different to what we're, we're, we've been playing recently. Um, Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo for me, it, it's like as if, you know, I mean, I put up in social media last night, the ball belongs to Joe Aribo, and sometimes other players will be allowed a touch of it, but by and large, he'll be able to get it back. And Glenn Kamara, I think for me, Tess, this is kind of where, you know, this is where he has his, his, his bread and butter here because some of the performances he's produced in Europe for us this season have been legitimately world-class. Now, there's, I hate using this 50 grand tag, right, because it was an absolute insult. And listen, do you know what? We've unearthed an absolute diamond here. Last night, I thought some of his play in terms of what he did with the ball, what he did with his movement, what he did to be able to try and pull players where he wanted them to go, how he recovered the ball. I thought he was superb last night, Glenn Kamara. I really, really think that, you know, he, he's a, he's among a top elite of the, of the players that certainly we had across our group and he's absolutely going to shine coming into the, 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 the latter stages next year. Enjoy it while it lasts, mate, because he's going to go for a lot of money after the Euros next summer. Um, he's, he's perfectly suited to European football 
if, if you look at his grounding as a footballer, started in Finland, then went to the Arsenal, who were very um, continental in their approach anyway. So he, he, he truly has had a, a European upbringing in his football, and that, that really shows his, his ability to win back the ball is arguably the best in the side. His distribution, his intelligence, it, he's, he's just the complete European footballer. And I think at the Euros next season, regardless of how well Finland do, I don't really see them getting out of the group stages, but that's irrelevant. I think that Glenn Kamara is going to shine. And it wouldn't surprise me if he leaves next summer for a fee around £20 million because he is that good. And the manager in this morning's press conference, this was in Friday morning's press conference, folks, um, was asked around comments that were made uh, previously about Kamara's contract and been able to do it. Now, one thing I want to clarify and something which again came up in this morning's presser was that this is not to say that it's about an extension because Kamara still has two and a half years left to run in the contract. This is about a contract enhancement test and I think that Kamara absolutely deserves it. I think you're absolutely right. I think you know that he will be, you know, there will be several uh, clubs looking at him uh, post the I think it's clubs looking at him now if I'm being honest but I think there'll definitely be more clubs looking at him after the Euros. Um, Taking the finance out of it, you know, let's say, yeah, we get them for 50 grand and we sell them for 10 million. Wow, the markup's magnificent, blah, 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 what have you. I think he's earned, you know, an improved contract. I really do. Now, if we can get more years on that, brilliant. But right now, we reward how well he's played and how consistent he's been with it, uh, uh, consistent he's been for us uh, with loyalty. Like we've done with previous players, I absolutely think that's the right thing to do. The cynic in me says that the only reason that we want to put him on better terms is so we get a better chance of a fee for him, which is correct. But the optimist in me says that he deserves it, which is also correct. So um, I think his, his performances this season have been a lot more consistent. His European performances have been arguably faultless. So I think that, that there's definitely a case to be made that he has, he has earned a pay rise. But once again, I, I think that we are doing that with an eye to the future because clearly the more that we pay him, the more we, we can request for him when, when teams do come knocking next summer. And I think um, coming on to, to the goal scorers last night, now Tess, you said uh, on our daily up, update show um, on our Patreon uh, site that you picked 2-0. Uh, great prediction. I hope you put money on it. But I would be keen to know if, like me, when you saw the team last night, if you thought to yourself, OK, so... You know, it'd be great to finish top of the group. Really important that we don't have any injuries. No serious knocks from last night, which thankfully we don't. But if we could pick a couple of players to get a goal, I would have liked to have thought that you would have been the same with me with saying Yanis Hadji and Cedric Hinton. Exactly, mate. Um, Itton's performance... I think I actually mentioned this on the update yesterday as well. Um, Itton's recent performances have been superb. And all that has been missing has been goals. Hadji's performances of late haven't been amazing. And I think he needed a goal for his confidence. Now, uh, Itton's goal yesterday was absolute top, top quality. I think when he received the ball in the position that he did, I was expecting him to square it, I believe, for Hadji. But when he took it wide into the channel, I thought, no, the chance is gone. But that, that finish was absolutely magnificent. A proper striker's goal. Hadji's was very uh, opportunistic. But at the same time, if you don't get yourself in those positions, you're not going to get those chances, are you? So I think out of the two players who really, really needed a goal, both for their own confidence and for their future Rangers careers, it would have been them two. And I'm so happy for the both of them that they managed to do it. Yeah, the Etting goal, I thought, you know, as he as he's coming through. And listen, there's, there's been a lot made 
incorrectly about where Cedric Hitton's confidence is and that he's been out in the cold and all of that bullshit. That's absolute nonsense. He, he, he's had he's had three players in front of him, uh, to my mind, Tess, in terms of being able to try and play that almost that central role. So one of them is our twenty million pound valued striker. The next one is Kamar Roof, who scores absolute worldies for fun. And the third one is Jermaine Defoe, who's Jermaine Defoe. So he's not going to then come in and start moving those three guys about because also they've all had their own relative levels of, of, of contribution. Alfie's still looking to be able to try and adapt into his new role. Do you know I mean, he's been part of, of a winning team. Kamal Roof, as I say, has been scoring goals both on um, you know domestic form as well as in the uh, in the European games. And again, Jermaine Defoe has been ever reliable and has been there for us when, you know, when maybe had some of the, the tougher domestic games that we've had to make sure that we can get through, including those in the in the League Cup, I may add. And Enton's goal last night, I think for me, showed why there shouldn't be a question around his confidence because you're right, he could have squared it to Hadji. Um, but even looking at where the, the angle I thought he made quite difficult for himself as he moves the ball over to the right-hand side, he's running out of space and and and, and I, I think most people probably would have thought he might go across the face of the goal, but no, he lashes a great shot which goes just over the, the keeper's left hand. It's too too close to the keeper to do anything about it, but I think even from that, this is another step into him being able to say, listen, do you know what? I can contribute here. I can produce the goals when you need me to do so, and I, just a great finish. I was really, really happy for him uh, last night. I think it's somebody that we've bought for the future. I mean, th- uh, this time next year, arguably... Morelos and Defoe won't be with us. Uh, Defoe may well retire and Alfie may well get sold. So anything that we get this season from Eton, to me, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a positive, it's a bonus. Um, I've, I've long said that I want to see him played in, in the traditional number nine role because as, as, a, as a wide forward, yes, he's looked very good, but looking at him, I've never really thought that's his natural position as up front as the main striker is. I thought last night he, he led the line very well. He took his goal very well. He did everything that was asked of him, and I think that it's a definite, it's a, it's a real positive for our future, knowing that we've we've, we've bought this player with an eye to the future. Um, he's contributing this season. That goal last night's really going to you know boost him in ways that we you know we we, we can't imagine. It's really going to boost his confidence, and I think we are now starting to see the best of Cedric Kitten. Absolutely, absolutely, and. Um... Yanis Hadji's goal last night, you're right, extremely opportunistic. Um, some great build-up play to this taste, and, and, and I do want to take the move back a, a couple of steps as well, if I can, where Connor Goldson is coming forward with the ball. We're looking to be able to try and penetrate. We're now in the last kind of 20 minutes of the game. I think that, by and large, we're quite comfortable with where we're playing and the tempo that's been that's been drawn. He's impeded as he as he's kind of moving forward. Uh, Tav and Borna, the, you know, the, the delivery experts, are standing over the ball, Tab does a step over Borna, then flights on a lovely ball into Connor Goldson, who gets a great connection on it. It loops in at the back post, hits off the bar, then hits the line, then bounces on the line, and Yanis Hadji's in to be able to try. Personally, from my angle, watching it last night, I thought it was Connor Goldson's goal until you saw the replay of the ball bouncing on the line. Now, it's easy to say, yeah, you know, it's a tap-in, you know, not a problem. But I think what you have to also appreciate is that you have to be in that position to be able to finish that, that chance. And the only thing that would have been slightly more cheeky than us uh, or Yanis had been able to finish that chance would have been for the ball not to cross the line and then we were away <laughs> celebrating because Goldson was off by that point. Um, I'm just so pleased that Hadji was able to try and get it. And I think if I was the manager sitting down with him today and 
maybe he's thinking, well, yeah, I scored, but it was, you know, as I say, it was it was on the line or whatever. I'd be saying you had to be in the position. You had to be able to get there, and that was the important thing. That's it, mate. If Hadji's not there, that goal don't get scored. Um, his performance of late, let's be honest, haven't been amazing. Um, he, he's still contributing. You know, I, I think uh, he's second behind Tav in the assist table, I believe. Uh, correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, but he's, he's, he's looked shorn of confidence now. He's, he's only a young lad. He's got big shoes to fill because his dad was, <laughs> well, his dad was outstanding. Um, there's a lot of pressure on the kid. I think, similar to Ryan Kent, he's going to be a work in progress. He's, he's going to show flashes here and there, but it's going to take a couple of years for him to develop the consistency, at which point he's going to outgrow Rangers and he's going to go for very, very big money, but that time isn't now. I think his his goal last night again it, it it was down to perseverance because you know we keep saying if he ain't in that position that goal ain't getting scored you know um, what one thing about his performance is he's not been hiding he's been looking for the ball he's been trying to do what he's what he's good at it's again it's not been working for him but last night I thought it was it was a competent performance he got the goal that he he, he needed and he deserved and hopefully now he's going to start putting a bit of bit of form together. So that when he is when he is called upon to start, because I, you know I, I still think he's he's um, behind Kamar Roof for that um, right wing berth. You know if if he's, if he is called upon to start, I hope that now with that little bit of confidence, that little spring in his step, he's going to come and do the business for us. Rangers having won the group now are obviously seeded, and um, it was confirmed last night uh, who the potential opponents may be so Tess I'll read these out to you and um, and just keen to get your thoughts on them so potential opponents that we may face will be Dino Kiev uh, Salzburg Granada Crisonda Lille Maccabi Tel Aviv Molde Olympiacos Real Sociedad Red Star Belgrade Antwerp uh, Slavia Prague Sporting Bright and um, Young Boys now I, I guess I don't think that there's any team in there for me uh, that causes me any great upset. I think that Lille were not their usual selves last night. I know that Celtic fans will absolutely try and drum that up, but let's face it, they'll do anything they can for a win at the moment. So um, I think Lille will be tough. I think that that's a team that maybe I don't I don't really want us to be able to try and go to. Braga, you know, obviously, yes, we've beaten Braga very recently. We know that, but you've also got Sociedad, Olympiacos in there. And there's some, some travelling to be done if we pick out a team that's um, going to cause us quite a bit of a uh, quite quite a bit of distance to travel. Anyone that you can think of that you would look to be able to 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 try and avoid at the moment, or is it? Come on, anyone. I, I don't think there's anybody in particular I want to avoid because w- w- when you get through to the knockout stage of European football, then every team there is their merit. Um, the one team that I'd like in perverse kind of world would be Young Boys because I think after last season when we didn't beat them, I think we owe them one. So I'd, I'd like us to get them, beat them home and away because, you know, um, obviously last season they beat us with a, 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 their gaff of the goal in the last minute. And it was I think it was a goal in the last minute that got the majority of Ibrox as well. So I'd, yeah, I'd, like, it was, us, yeah. I'd like us to draw them and give, give them a doing just to put last season to bed. No, well, like as I say, the like you say, the, the draw takes place on Monday afternoon and I'm, I'm pretty confident in terms of who we can look to be able to try and get out of that. So, yeah, so a huge well done to to the players and management staff for a brilliant European campaign thus far. Goes a bit in the back burner um, for a couple of months as well, which allows us to focus on domestic games, which come thick and fast, as we know. And the next one is on Sunday afternoon as we take a trip up to Tannadice. Um, Tess, now this will be... 
uh, impacted by COVID, as we know, it's going to be very different to, to uh, the Dundee United team that we turned over at Ibrox 4-0 uh, back in September. But there is the history. There is, you know, the manager referred to it this morning in the press conference as a bit of needle. He's aware of the rivalry. Um, I am sad to hear of the things that have happened, obviously, to the Dundee United uh, staff and players, and I legitimately hope they all get better. However, I completely despise Dundee United as a football club. If we were to try and beat them by five or six goals, I would be very, very encouraging of such a thing. Roughly this time two years ago, I was in Dundee to watch us draw 1-1 at Dens Park. I think we um, salvaged an equaliser thanks to Andy Halliday's free kick. Now, if you look at that team and where we are now, it's, it's absolute light years apart. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Tadadars on Sunday, absolutely full of confidence. Uh, Dundee United's team, obviously, it's been ravaged by COVID. And as you rightly say, we wish everyone the best and um, a, a speedy and full recovery for those who are suffering. But e- even if they were putting out a full side, it's better to go there and win convincingly. My, my prediction for Sunday would be a 4-0 victory. I think we're going to stole it, mate. You know, I, I, I don't think, excuse me, I don't think that's arrogance on my part. I think we're, we're going in there, a, a team who are really fucking doing the business in Europe. Uh, domestically, we look absolutely sound and assured. Uh, we don't look like conceding, let alone dropping points. Dundee United's team is going to be depleted. So I fully expect us to go there and just wipe the floor with them, to be honest. And is it a case then that we go back test to, to pretty much full strength? So... McGregor comes back in, Tav comes back in, we'll probably go back in with a, a, a settled midfield, likely bringing in Stephen Davis back in again. Alfie comes back in as well as Ryan Kent. Um, I, I think that we go there to be able to make sure that maybe for away games, we want to be able to try and put out what can really be looked at towards our kind of possible strongest 11. And maybe if we need to be able to try and rest players, we do as we did last night. And well done to the management and staff for this last night for the rotation of subs, because we used all five subs. I would love us to be able to try and get to a point where, um, you know, for three or four up, maybe by halftime, maybe by an hour, we make the changes at that point then just to be able to try and spread the legs out. We're going to obviously go back to, to, to Wednesday, Saturdays now, which will be better. Um, but I think at this point, being able to try and turn the screw on Celtic who play after us just continues to drive out that little message. And Dundee United aren't mugs. They're sitting, um, you know, six in the table at the moment, maybe slightly overshooting the mark, I, I feel, uh, in terms of the performances haven't been fantastic. There's a lot of draws in there, as, certainly as well as losses. Um, but I think, again, this comes back to the squad rotation for me. Yeah, I think the it wouldn't surprise me if the team that started last night is the team that starts against St Mirren on when on uh, Wednesday. But I would expect that the, the main players would drop last night, so the likes of Roof, Morelos, to Tav to come back in on Sunday. Um, again, it's very encouraging that we've got the strength and depth in the squad. That we, you know, we know that changes are going to be made on a, on a game by game basis. But whoever comes in, there's no oh god, he started, you know, especially at goalkeeper, which is arguably the most important position on the pitch. You know, the, the, the strength and depth that we've got now, it's it's uh, the, the culmination of three seasons progress. You know, it, it's 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 not by accident. It's certainly by design. Um, whatever eleven he puts out on on Sunday against Dundee United, I expect us to go there and win. But like I say, I do expect the big hitters like Tab and Rose and Roof to come back in. I expect all three to score as well. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just a very good position to be in as a Rangers fan at the moment. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. And, and Tav, 
you know, played 25 minutes last night and actually was unlucky uh, with a, a fantastic leap and, uh, and head on that just went kind of wide of the post as well. But, you know, as you say, the guy's in incredible form at the moment and, and you know, absolutely fantastic. If Alfie could get a goal if he starts on Sunday, I would love to see him amongst the goal scorers because I think a goal would be absolutely fantastic. So, um, Tess, you mentioned a couple of score lines in there and potential scorers. What are you landing on? What's your... You've already got one right this week. What's your, your prediction for Sunday? My prediction, and take this to the bank, is Dundee United nil, Rangers four. Goal scorers, Tav from a penalty, Kamar Roof, Alfredo Morales and Scott Arfield. Uh, there you go. You can put the mortgage on it. You can put the mortgage on it. Listen, um, thank you very much for that. Um, and folks, if you've enjoyed listening to myself and Tess, and um, you know, why wouldn't you? You can come over to our Patreon site where we have up to four shows a day, all involving all things Rangers. And as I mentioned earlier on, we've also got exclusive access uh, to the games at the moment as well via our roving reporter and overlord, David Edgar, who's able to go in and give reports from uh, from Ibrox on, on home games. Um, the most important thing for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. But only trumping them in my gratitude uh, today is Mr James Tessie. James, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure as always to have you on and stuff. Um, and I know that you've been in a fragile state today, so thank you for uh, coming out of your bed and just making sure that uh, you know the world kept on spinning. Yeah, I'm going to go back to bed now, mate, so keep me in your thoughts and prayers and thank you very much for having me. Thanks, buddy. Right, folks, um, David will be back on Monday with uh, our flagship show as well, hopefully talking about a win at uh, Tanadice. Please keep yourselves safe and well, and let's get three points on Sunday. Thanks, all. Podcast Network.